Our scripture this morning is from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you. As with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder, for the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor you have broken, as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. His authority shall grow uh, continually, and there, he will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord will do this. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we pray now in these few moments together that we might come to a a deeper understanding of what your peace is all about. So, Lord, give us your wisdom. Speak to us. Your servants are listening. Amen. You know, as much as we might uh, hate to admit it, Children have not often been held in high regard over the centuries in our culture, in our own land. Um, And uh, there are even instances in the Bible where we see this uh, lack of regard for children. Um, I don't don't know about you, but as uh, as I grew up, I I grew up with this... uh, this little phrase that was often used by by the older folks in the family, and that was that children should be seen but not heard. You know, they're, it's okay if they're around there, but they, they need to zip their lips. Um, also, at, at family times, you know, like at Thanksgiving, Christmas, other times where lots of, lots of cousins and everybody would come around, where do the children sit for dinner? At a children's table. Um, and as, uh, as I've gotten older, I kind of would like to go back to the children's table. Uh, I don't know why that, I don't, maybe it's because adults just don't like all this, you know, all the mess that children make at, at the dinner table. Or maybe they want to, you know, the adults want to get into their political or religious conversations and they don't want their children to hear what they really think about a lot of things. I don't know what the reason is, but children, uh, are often segregated by families in that way. Even now, there are communities and there are resorts where you might go that say, no children allowed, you know, get rid of the children. When children came to Jesus, um, the scriptures tell us that the disciples tried to send them away, tried to prevent the children from coming to Jesus. And, And when you look at the uh, the telling of Jesus' life, 
Two out of four of the Gospels, that means 50% of the Gospels don't even mention the childhood or the birth of Jesus. It's as though it's unimportant. He begins as a, as a grown man. Now, during the Industrial Revolution, children were used um, for cheap labor in, in factories. In fact, the beginning of Methodism really was uh, the beginning of many child labor laws in England. The Wesley brothers and others uh, fought to institute uh, new laws to prevent child abuse in, in, uh, in the labor situations. And they were cheap, uh, and they all became, all but became slave laborers. Children were also used in that time to be chimney sweeps because of their small stature, but also because of, you know, cheap labor. And uh, some of them were used in mines um, because they could get into small crevices and chip away at, at the coal that was being mined. Children just over the ages have been abused and continue to be abused even our own time. God, God has a different uh, uh, view of children. Jesus says in Matthew 19, 14, as he's talking to the disciples, and this is when the disciples tried to keep the children away from him. Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. It is to the children that the kingdom of heaven belongs. That's what he's telling his disciples. So don't shun the children. When Samuel was called by God to be a prophet, he was just a young boy. He was sleeping in the temple. He was assisting Eli, but he was called at that time in his life to be a prophet for God. And who was it that slew the giant Goliath? It was none other than David when he was a little boy. All these grown men in the army could do nothing against Goliath, but David could as a child. The prophet Isaiah said God would save the people, would save the world, through a child. In Isaiah 11:6, Isaiah says, The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fat lean together, and a little child shall lead them. A little child. Isaiah said that this child that was going to lead people to this kind of peace, this child, this one day to be the Messiah was to truly be a prince of peace. In our scripture lesson today, Isaiah says, for a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So you see, the Bible is telling us that peace is, is going to come by way of a child. The question is, what kind of peace is this child to bring? What kind of peace did the child Jesus bring into the world? Was it no war? Was it getting rid of war? I mean, look around. Was it simply this absence of conflict? Is that the kind of peace that the child Jesus was bringing into the world? It would be easy to kind of think that that's what God was promising because Isaiah says in verse 5 of our lesson today, all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. Sounds like war is being gotten rid of. In fact, Isaiah says in the second chapter, verse 4, 
They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Sounds like Isaiah is talking about a, a time of no war. Just, everybody's going to lay down their arms, but my goodness, it's been thousands of years. And look around. Maybe, maybe Jesus was talking about, or maybe Isaiah was talking about a, a peace that is kind of a forced peace. You know, a kind of forced tranquility. Remember, Jesus comes right in the middle of this 200-year period known as the Pax Romana. It was a, a time of relative peace. There were no major wars. There were skirmishes and that kind of thing. But otherwise, it was generally peaceful in those 200 years. Is that what God is promising, a kind of forced peace, peace and tranquility and forced by force of arms? Is it a kind of benevolent dictatorship that God's going to come down and say, you're not going to fight anymore. Give me your arms. Give me your guns. Give me your tanks and your bombs. Don't we know this kind of peace in our own homes? Think about it. Homes where there is no hostility. Where there is just silent coldness. Nobody raises their voice. Nobody screams at each other. Nobody argues. No conversation at all. This kind of peace is filled with emptiness. And more often than not, filled with lack of love. I'd like to suggest that just as Jesus reshaped the meaning of who the Messiah was to be. You know, they were looking for a conquering warrior and he says, no, 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 that's not what God wants to offer the world. It's a suffering servant. The Messiah is going to be a suffering servant, not a conquering warrior. And just like he reshaped the meaning of Messiah, he also, I believe, reshaped the meaning of peace. He says in Matthew's gospel, Matthew 10, beginning with verse 34, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross... And follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. That doesn't sound like a cessation of warfare, does it? In, in many ways, it sounds like Jesus is almost calling us to a divisiveness. That, that doesn't sound like Jesus, does it? When he was preparing his disciples for his final departure, as he gathered them together in, his, uh, in that upper room, as he broke bread with them as we will today, he says to them, and we find his words in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. 
there's something going on here. Jesus is talking about a different kind of peace. He's not talking about this this kind of just cessation of violence, not this, uh, this forced tranquility. He's not talking about the kind of peace maybe that, that the world thinks of when they think of peace. He's obviously thinking about something else and he's offering it to his disciples and he's offering it to us. He's offering a peace that's like no other peace. So what's he talking about? Could it be a deeper level of peace? One that is absolutely better than simply a lack of conflict. One that comes from a child. You know, a child that's messy and loud and disruptive and embarrassing. A child that's every bit the human we were all called to be. Not perfect but someone who just draws us all to love. Who can't love a child? What is it about a baby that just draws out of us this warm feeling of love and nurture? Is that what Jesus is talking about? He's not talking about a world where there's no conflict, where there's no difficulty, but yet a real world that has all the messiness of a child and yet all the love that is generated by that child. You know, lately, um, given all the sexual misconduct among so many men in higher positions, some have suggested that we... uh, Maybe we need more women in leadership roles to help us show, uh, show us a better way. And I, you know, I think you would agree, Cindy. <laughs> we need more women, right? Oh, there's no question about it. We, we would all benefit. But maybe we also need more children. You know, children that are vulnerable and maybe more authentic than most of us adults, more honest, more willing to love and be loved. God's peace, you see, isn't simply the lack of conflict. It's the presence of love. And I've said it more than once, and I will say it until my dying day. Love is not easy. If you think love is easy, you have not tried it. Love is hard. If you love people who don't love you back, you will know how hard it is. And it can be painful. And sometimes it will cause people to run away from you because you choose to love someone that others refuse to love. Isn't that why Paul said the cross was a stumbling block? The cross was a stumbling block because so many people were looking for a Messiah that would make things easy and fix all the problems of the world. But that's not the Messiah who came into the world in the form of Jesus. A lot of people want peace, but they don't want to pay the price. And the price of peace, my friends, is love. It's hard, sometimes seemingly impossible love. In 1997, one of the 
films that um, received a nomination for Best Picture among the Oscars was a movie called As Good As It Gets. Melvin Udall is sort of the main character in this, in this movie, played by Jack Nicholson. He is an obsessive, compulsive creep. <laughs> he doesn't like anybody and nobody likes him. He hates others. And more often than not, everyone else hated him. But he meets a waitress by the name of uh, Carol Conley, played by Helen Hunt. And this waitress waits on him on almost on a daily basis. And, and she's willing to put up with that crusty shell, hoping and praying there's something soft and tender inside. And she continues to relate to him when everyone else wants to get rid of him. In one of the more moving scenes in the movie, Melvin attempts to um, share with Carol something he hasn't been able to say to anyone else. And I'd, I'd just like to read that dialogue. It's a short piece. Melvin says to Carol, I've got a really great compliment for you, and it's true. And Carol responds, I'm so afraid you're, you're about to say something awful. Melvin responds, don't be pessimistic. It's not your style. Okay, here I go. Clearly a mistake. I've got this. I've got this um, ailment. My doctor, a shrink, that I used to go to all the time, he said is in, that in 50 or 60% of the cases, a pill really helps. I hate pills. Very dangerous thing, pills. Hate. I'm using the word hate here about pills. Hate. My compliment is that night when you came over and told me that you would never, all right, all right. Well, you were there, you know what you said. Well, my compliment to you is this. The next morning, I started taking the pills. Carol responds, I don't quite get how that's a compliment to me. And Melvin says, you make me want to be a better man. You want me to be a better man. You see, that's what God's peace does for all of us. It makes us want to be better people. It doesn't fix all our problems. It doesn't get rid of all the warfare and all the, you know, all the difficulties in life. It doesn't make us perfect but it makes us want to be better people because at the heart of God's peace is love. It's mercy. It's compassion. When we learn to love and be loved, we come to experience the peace that the Prince of Peace has brought to us. It takes a child called Jesus to show us the way to peace. Let us pray. 
Lord, forgive us for wanting perfection and not allowing your love to permeate our every pore so that we might come to experience your peace that passes all understanding. 